0: What is up? This is John Nelson and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. If you are looking for a show that's going to give you complete athletic development, it's going to cut through all the nonsense of social media and all the confusion and give you a real in-depth, uncut look into how to win as an athlete, a parent, and a coach, then you have found the right show. Now, if you are new to the show, welcome. Glad to have you. Here's a quick breakdown of how everything works. So we have three or four actually different types of episodes. The first episode is going to be the soup du jour is what we call it or uh, our our ode to dumb and dumber there. And uh, that is going to be where Chris and I, uh, my co-hosts get on. We discuss uh, a topic related to rehab, performance, um, you know, athletics, nutrition, anything like that. And we break that down. The second type of episode that we have is going to be a guest interview. Now, this is going to be your standard podcast, if you've ever heard one, where we bring on colleagues of ours from across the country and, heck, actually across the world, and they share their stories of success and how they win. The next type of episode is going to be um, just a random Q&A, so we take uh, questions from our audience, and uh, Chris and I and Mandy will break those down as well. And for those of you guys that have submitted uh, questions to Q&A, we have a ton of them, and we will get to them. They will be released throughout the next couple months, Um, but we are answering all those as quickly as we can, so keep sending those in. We appreciate it. And then the final type episode is going to be your Friday Fire, and that's your Friday morning where most people say I just get on and rant, but really and truly I'm not really ranting as much as I'm just passionate, and uh, that's me just basically brain dumping on you and kind of letting you know my thoughts. And hey, that may be uh, maybe political, it may be uh, winning, it may be just hey, get your shit together and let's go. Um, And that's really the breakdown. And uh, so today uh, we got a really special episode today. I'm pretty stoked about this one. Uh, Today's going to be a guest interview. Um, and our uh, our guest today is somebody that uh, I recently met a couple weeks ago. Um, all of you uh, ELPers, you guys are going to be familiar with it. Uh, this is the man responsible for uh, all the crushing workouts we've had the last few weeks. Um, and so today, we're going to introduce uh, Mr. Gary, and I call him Mr. Gary Gota. But Gary from <laughs> Gota. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Good, good. I'm glad to have you on. and. Um, I want to make sure I also bring on uh, our co-hosts, Chris and Mandy. So they're on here as well. What's, What's up? up? Welcome. Hello. <laughs> yeah, so we got the full crew here for you, Gary. Like, we're rolling out the red carpet for you.
1: <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, man, I'm
0: excited to do it. it it's been
1: a, a, a little bit since I did a podcast because um, i kind of been sending Ricky for all of that stuff, you know? Yeah. But um, it's it's cool. I, it, it's it's fun to do. So I like it. Yeah.
0: Well, man, I, I appreciate you coming on, and um, you know there I tell people and I tell people all the time that there's really been two things that have really shaped my career. Um, you know, we had Jay Schroeder on a couple of weeks ago. Jay was a big influence of mine, and uh, and a couple other people on that network who I'm mean, I'm not gonna use their names just yet because they're gonna be coming on kind of surprise guests. But um, you know that type of philosophy. But then Gota, man, Gota really um, you know it really changed the way we do things at ELP and um you know i mean i've been in this industry 16 years now and, and, and go to you know really influence what we do and i think maybe you know i know you can you know speak for her. i mean, we've we've really changed a lot because of, of the work gary and ricky and them are doing down there so man, i just from the bottom of my heart man, i just appreciate it. like you guys are really challenged us to get yeah. better so um thank you thank you. you know and, and so i just want to keep the conversation flowing i told you like bro there's no script here we don't uh we don't script this out like i, I want it to be raw and authentic and uh I tell people, I'm not even going to lie, like, Gary, you absolutely kicked my ass down there. Like, those workouts, oh. <laughs> like, like, I think I text Mandy, and I'm like, after this, I'm done. Like,
1: yeah. I, don't... <laughs> I I tell everybody, it's like, you know, people get into GOTA a little bit, whether it's a coach or, you know, athlete, general population, whoever it may be, and I'm like, you've done GOTA, or you might be doing some GOTA. But your first actual go-to workout is when you step on the turf with us, and and it's just different, you know. And it, and it's it's always good because most people are trying it, and and they're going into somewhere else, or they're doing it at home or a gym that may have a lot of other things going on. But this gym is completely go-to, nothing but go-to. There's no other stuff going on here, so. Um, being in that element, I guess, kind of changes it. it it's, it's got a, a little bit of a pulse here. So you kind of start yeah. to feel that, and then it, it, it gets intense. We try to make it as intense as possible.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew you were trying to kill us. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we, if we had a course or something like here, I'd be trying to kill everybody in here too, so now I, I hear you. But, you yeah. um, know, yeah, today, like, I just – I think, you know, like I said, most of the audience on our end at least is familiar with Goda now, but I know like, for example, a lot of my clients, you know, who are maybe other practitioners in the area, you know, whether they're, you know, Rolfers or PTs or whoever are are hearing Goda and they're checking it out a little bit. So I kind of want to talk to them a little bit as well, but also Chris, I think, you know, Chris probably has a bunch of questions as, you know, Chris has learned about Goda, but I I think we start like Gary just kind of. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in all this and just kind of the origins and then maybe go into the laws of it a little bit, like what Goat is all about, and then let's just kind of roll from there, man. Yeah, so um, uh, Gilly Bosch,
1: Jose Bosch, is uh, Coach Gil. He, was, he wasn't he was in. Actually, he was sick, I think, when you came down. But um, So he kind of was the identifier, right? Like he basically, long story short, found – Inside ankle bone high, and and what led him to it was as he he blew out like three levels of his back, um, and it instead of surgery it, it took him down a road of what else can I do, and he started looking into different you know corrective exercise programs and things like that, and he first first person he looked at was Pete Gaskew was who actually kind of the Gaskew method kind of got him out of pain. And it, 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 but it didn't get him out of pain from like if I want to go be active standpoint. So, you know, when 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 he went to go play golf again, he would get the sore back. He would have problems and stuff. So he knew it was more movement orientated and not just posture alone. And um, 2012, 2013, I think is around when the iPad came out, and he bought an iPad and he started basically looking at who was healthy. And, and who wasn't healthy? What guy's getting hurt? Because, you know, it, it's you, you. he was maybe 40 years old at the time or whatever, and he's like, I got a bunch of friends that's broken down. I got a bunch of friends that could go, run, you know, they triathletes and stuff like that. <laughs> How, why is there a difference? What's the difference between us? And uh, he started studying and looking at movement and stuff like that. Um, when I opened GLS in 2014, we opened the doors. I was doing, you know, the Olympic lift and the power lift and we had all of that stuff. So it was me, myself and two other coaches. And basically you went through this little circuit on a weekly basis. That was power and Olympic lifting. And then I was doing a lot of linear speed training and coordination stuff like on the ladder and all of that. And, you know, your regular standard box gym, that, that, that's what we was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gilly kind of called me out on social media, and uh, he was troll, trolling my page. Now, I've been knowing him for a long time, and um, he, so he, he made a comment, something about a little girl that was jumping on the Vertimax And uh, I was like, well, if you know so much, then why don't you just come on and, and come do it? Come, come show me. And he came over here one day and, and sat down and kind of showed me. At the time, he called it Primal Wisdom Theory, and it was so foreign to, like, any kind of concept that you ever had. And I'm like, the language behind it was tough because it didn't sound like, you know, bows. It wasn't even bows and corners and Inside Inkle Bone High at the time. Uh, it really didn't have a name. And, and um, I was like, first of all, I'll give you a little space. So I gave him a little about the size of a closet to go in and do some evaluations. And what at the time wasn't what you got. It was more of a, um, you know, him looking at the way that you walked and ran and not just the posture and stuff like that. So um, I gave him a little space and he started working with some of my guys and it it seemed like it had some value to it. He would, he would help some guys get out of pain. I would put them back out on the turf and then two weeks later, they would start having the hamstring would show back up or something like that. So it wasn't until... Um, I had Jamal Chase since the eighth grade. So, Jamal got hurt, but he told me a couple of months before he got hurt that he was a high risk. And that's whenever, you know, I had to scrap all the equipment and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. make a decision to to move forward with this now. So, you saw the pattern
0: of, like, getting those guys back onto the turf, like going through your traditional, you know, type of training, the Olympic lifts and stuff. I mean, they were, you know, they were getting hurt, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, kind of they're reco and put it back in training and break down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just part of sports, though. You know, that was the mentality that I had. Now, everybody that we run across that we showed a program, it's like I'm talking to myself. And and it's like, you know, well, people are going to get hurt. You can't stop that. And I'm like, well, you, you got to look at this. And and that's kind of where yeah. I was. So when Jamal got hurt is when I picked up the iPad and I got serious with it. And but, you know, 2015, 20, that was well, actually, it was like 2016. And then we had a guy come in the gym by the name of uh, Joe Este, which ended up getting a name, nickname Go to Joe, and he mm-hmm. was my guinea pig. He didn't have money for combine training or anything like that. I was doing a favor for a friend, and um, Joe came in and ran like a – he was a good athlete, 4'5", 40, 32-inch vertical. He was good. And then he, he uh, yeah, tested – Yeah,
0: he's a specimen. Like, dude, is built. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's
1: put together but you know in 75 days he ran 428 429 he had a 38 and a half inch vertical before us he had double knee surgery he had two meniscus and that all the pain went away and stuff and we really created this efficiency in an average athlete that put him into maybe an elite athletic type movement pattern and now he got cut by the uh, Texans, but he went to one of these weekend tryouts where they bring out 25 guys or something and Mm -hmm. they signed him on the spot. So you could see that he was noticeably different than everybody else. And uh, he, he just, you know, got under the big lights against green Bay one night and um, he got picked apart or whatever. Uh, um, They let him play the whole second half and it, it was, it was pretty rough. He had a bad game and they let him go the next day and, canada didn't work out and it's one of them things where you know i could get you athletic or give you the opportunity to let your talent shine through but at some point you got to be able to play football
0: too yeah 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 Yeah, absolutely so like now you know we kind of understand a little bit about how how you got involved with it like i guess kind of for the people that don't know like you know, like somebody like Chris, who, you know, you're aware of go to Chris, like through social media, but like for the general audience, listen, like what is go to all about? Cause you know, you see bows and inside ankle bone hop. You're like, what right. the hell? There's so much information. It's like, what's the underlying theme here? What are we trying to do?
1: Basically we are, we was able to identify a pattern that is the pattern, right? It's the blueprint for human movement. And, you know, if, if a lot of people would say, well, there's no such thing, but we got one cardiovascular system, we got a digestive system, we got all of these systems of the body. And then basically, what we feel like is we identify the movement system for the body. Um, you know, demographics, culturally, and things like that, wherever you come from, whatever race, male, female, everybody crawls the same. So kind of when we went back, that's where we looked first, right? We looked at what's the crawl pattern. And then mm-hmm. we looked at the indigenous tribesmen because the indigenous tribesmen is unscathed by Western civilization. So there's a consistency in their patterns and in the crawl pattern. And then when you throw in the super athlete, it's like, wait a minute, this guy that plays in two decades, you know, plays two decades of sports has the same pattern that the 80 year old indigenous tribesman has you know, that could still go out and run a marathon to feed his family, like there's something unique about that pattern. Then when you go look at the other side of it, the injury side of it, which is really where I started studying first was the ACL non-contact and the uh, Achilles non-contact. That's where I kind of was really, it's completely different. The pattern's completely different. So then we built the system around it, which has your global laws, which is kind of what you was talking about it, which is like you have your columns, foot control, head control, like all of these, 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 these global laws that we was able to identify and present to y'all at the certification, it's, it's, it's all in the assessment, right? So you you learn how to do the assessment based off of these global laws. And then we have protocols and regiments that we built, we use to bring you back to that innate
2: blueprint.
0: Yeah, the recode, baby. All right, so I got a question.
2: So, Explain exactly what you mean by inside. Okay, let me make sure I get it right. Inside ankle bone high. What does that mean exactly? Uh, and and also, what is? How does it? Uh, what are the thoughts behind? I just so happen awesome. to have a foot. So how and how does that <laughs> yeah. go about? Uh, like improving performance, or for that matter, reducing injury risk, or. Um, uh, reducing pain if, if somebody already has pain, that sort of thing.
1: Right. So basically the concept of inside ankle bone high, and, and it, it's it's based off of the foot being basically a platform for the body, right? And that foot is a half dome shape. So basically what inside ankle bone high is, is the medial malleolus has to play – Higher than the outside at all time than the lateral, meaning when that foot strikes the ground, it needs to hold still. So you know, typically in the, in the medical terminology and things like that, um, pronation, supination um, was which they, they use to describes on on different planes of of motion or whatever. It kind of was maybe more of a cadaver type explanation, and what we did was is brought it more into a systematic thing where that bone needs to stay higher than the outside through everything, landing, leaving. So you must absorb all of the pressure into what we would call a strong side of the foot. But basically it's the ball of the foot, pressure going in uh, two through five, and then the heel, no weight into the heel, no load into the heel, which is basically like every single strength program is load the heel – Um, and then the big toe is basically there and it's, it's, it's awake and it's, it's active, but it's not accepting the load. So it's, it's there for balance purposes and things like that. Now, if you can do that and maintain that, that half dome structure that you see the foot. So if you take the second toe, run a straight line, everything on the inside of the foot is like, there's nothing there. You just fall off of a cliff. If the arch is present, everything Two through five is where the meat of the foot is. So we want to load that. And then if you know you look at it and some of the things that they see that you would learn in the certification, there's a series of tendons and ligaments and stuff that support the foot in that arch. Once you lose inside ankle bone high, then you, you open yourself up to valgus, um, uh y- you know, any any kind of thing. So think about if the foot holds still, you have a foot strike, no pressure into the heel. The, the, the foot lands and then the talus plugs into the foot, into that platform, and basically could sit there and trace the navicular bone. And, and, and it's got to be in a decompressed state. So then, once that could happen, then that talus has the ability to open and swivel. And then that's whenever you talk about setting the bow. And then, you know, after the bow, you would follow, you would come off the ground and, and, and leave in a corner. Uh, the corner is basically just the 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 way that once the bow sets, then that hip, it kind of the greater trochanter kind of just has the ability open and then close, open and close, and that's bow to corner. But it all has to happen on a straight foot with an inside ankle bone high.
2: Okay, so I'm starting to get the picture. If that
1: clears it up a little bit, yeah, the foot helps my skeleton, because yeah. essentially you got to you got the hip is a is a ball and socket and then we've always been taught um you know dorsiflexion plantar flexion supination pronation but there's a, a there's a swivel in there so in order for that leg to only have a knee in the middle that can hinge without getting damaged these two have to be in synchrony so that knee could open and it could hinge and then it can come off the ground and it could hinge as the leg goes into what, you know, they would call extension, the the foot needs to go heel away. And you probably, I don't know how much, you, uh, Chris, you follow my social media page, but I did this thing a while back called triple extension is fake. And when I tell you all hell broke loose on my social media you, you said triple, and people triple thought X- I was X- crazy. X- they like,
2: that's, said triple I, X- I said triple X- extension is fake, right? Right.
1: Yeah, and, and the reason why I said it is is because, what is it like? What I know it's ankle, knee, and and, and hip going to extension. But does the does the heel go go away? Does it go in? It wasn't a completion. It was like they gave you part of the puzzle, but they didn't finish it. Because the healthy athlete, his heel goes away from the body. The unhealthy athlete, his heel goes in, and that's the difference between. Moving in what we would call forward gear as opposed to re- reverse.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, like you brought up the, you know, the supination thing, and honestly, that's i uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Chris and I were talking about that a little bit last night, but that's a question that I've been asked, you know, a few times. And so what do you have to say to somebody, you know, when they ask about the natural, you know, supination or pronation in the gait cycle? Like how does inside ankle bone high Play a role in this, you know, or or doesn't? Well, well,
1: those. T- listen, you're probably never, ever, ever gonna find an athlete or a human being that doesn't supinate, right? Uh, or does? I mean, doesn't pronate? That there, there isn't a collapse there. But the 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 guy that comes in that's injured that has that in his gait. when we get a more inside ankle bone high, they become healthier they become more explosive, they get faster, they're more they more agile. So we know that it brings out the, the athleticism. Now, will they ever be inside, you know, go to 10? I mean, you had a few people at one time because we have so many things that could pull us away from it. And it's not just in the training industry, but it's in everyday society. Cars are non-negotiable. If you could take a car, you're going to take a car. You're not going to walk everywhere as you go. Um... Sitting, chairs, I'm sitting in a chair right now, all of us are. It's non-negotiable, it's going to happen. So there's a lot of things that are present in Western civilization that remove that, whereas that indigenous tribesmen and the baby aren't exposed to. Because I I don't know if if y'all have kids or not, but, like, I have five. So, like, I I got a five and a six, I mean, what, a six five and six right now and they are crazy like they out of control they all over the place they don't want to sit down but the thing is is what do we do we sit them in a chair in school Mm -hmm. we give them the ipad so you start to kind of start seeing that pattern slowly taken away and by the time the kid's 10 years old you know it's it's the back chain dominance is gone inside ankle bone low is present duck feet Hips are push forward; they, they become a mess. And then, you know, all you got to do is go follow um, the Little League World Series, and and these kids are, you know, shoulders are pre. It's a mess. Oh, they, yeah, look like, it's they look a mess, like they look like they. Yeah, they look like they're seventy years old. Some of them. Yeah. Like, the way I mean, be. like
0: our lifestyle is just basically de-evolving. You know, these kids, like from, I mean, from the beginning. I mean, everything from putting, you know, the little, you know, baby shoes on them to keeping them in the little. Bouncer or whatever, and just keeping them away from doing what it is that they're naturally born to do, you know. And I mean, they just they evolve you know. Yeah, and yeah. That,
1: that the, the bouncing thing. I I tell everybody now that I know better, because um, I, I had my kids through the process as we was building this, my, my two babies, and um, having them in the house every day studying. Like, there's a video of my little boy from like an aerial view crawling, and it's all over the place on social media. Like, I've seen it. I've seen some guy the other day posted, and I didn't even know who he was. And he was showing, like, you know, the way the spine moves in the baby and the way the spine moves in the athlete, like, coming out of the blocks and track is basically the crawl pattern. Just, you know, you got levels of support. So we would say that when the baby's on the ground crawling, he has six points of support. As he starts to develop – it turns into two, right? Like, he don't have to use his hands. He don't need to use the wall right. to hold himself up no more. And then through that process, if you put something in there to interrupt that, like a bouncy thing that would turn the feet out a little bit more or, you know, I, I, the, my wife had bought my kid a bike for Christmas with no pedals when he was, like, four years old. And the first time I saw him rot it, I threw it in the trash. She's <laughs> like, I just bought it for Christmas. I'm like, I'm sorry, he's not going to ride that. <laughs> like go bot go find something else for him to play with, because yeah. it just put him like this to push.
0: So, uh-huh. yeah. <clears throat> so you know, I think the other side. All right, all right, so we're getting into you know kind of talking about how the body moves, and you know it's not just training. Um, You know, it, it's it's lifestyle factors, and so yeah, we have to recode. You know all that, and, and for people who are listening and don't understand what the recode is. I mean, that's that's where after we do the you know, the evaluation, you know, we give you the tools from the ground up to to get your body back in that back chain dominance and to get everything, you know, moving the right way, setting the bow, the corners, all that good stuff. But you know, how do you how do you offset you know daily daily life? I mean, if you have it, like, how common is it to have these high school or college kids come to you that you know? have all these things that you know you and i see in an assessment but their coaches are insistent on you know power cleans and front squats and they're still trying to argue whether or not front squats or back squats are better and it's like man that that, that shit doesn't even matter like right you're, it's so far behind like how do you personally like to offset that like because i know we've had a few kids ask that, like well how often do i need to be doing things to you know make this recode change
1: yeah it basically, it's it becomes a rep game, right? Like, all of the the, the nervous system's going to be responsive to inputs. If it gets good inputs, you're going to probably not have pain and stuff like that. That's why you'll get a client that's a super water. You start giving them some good input, and then they start to feel better quick. Like, you might have guys get out of pain in two or three days, maybe even feel a big difference after a session. And when you tell people that, they think it's crazy. But um, the, the – the answer is number one. I try to tell all my kids: don't go be a hero in the weight room. Don't go in there and try to have your name at the top of the list or get the T-shirt because you're in the 600-pound squat club and <laughs> stuff like that. Like, don't try to be that guy. Oh, I'm guilty you, of pushing that years ago. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, me I'll too. Like, I did it. Like, we, like if you didn't leave here throwing up and, and and basically crawling out of the gym, then I didn't do my job. Was the mentality that I had. Um, And that's probably why 20% of my guys was having soft tissue injuries and things like that. Um, But, you you know, we educate the athlete. So you're going to give them the knowledge, understanding sitting in SESA to do your homework, Um, not sitting in a chair all day. Uh, When you get back from practice, they have the GoTo app, which all the coaches have, that, um, you, you know, one of the resources we give the coaches to where that athlete has that app on their phone, it could have a, a regiment that's specific to their needs inside of it so that when they get home at night, hey man, hit you three rounds of this groundwork, keep the body in a decompressed state, go sit on the floor. You know, sit crisscross applesauce and watch TV instead of, you know, in the recliner like I do every night. And and so it's it's like we all guilty of it, right? Oh yeah. Giving that athlete the knowledge and giving them the understanding, and now it becomes their choice. Go do what the coach says. Never be disrespectful. You don't have to be a superhero in the weight room, but make sure that you offsetting those lifts with this groundwork and things like that. And what's happening is is because in the beginning, we took the approach, like, to hell with all of that stuff. And and it didn't get us nowheres. Like, it got us nowheres in the training industry. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, hey, man, if you're going to do these things, then you need to have some kind of regiment to help you. And what's happened is now we're starting to get the Mark Bells and, you know, Chris Bells, the power lifters and all. And I've done spent a lot of time out there with them, and he's got some of the power lifters and all now. Like, the World's Strongest Man does a little groundwork regimen before all his lifts and after. And what it's done is gave him the ability to even lift more if yeah, he wanted to. Oh,
0: yeah, I mean, to, you oh, know. Yeah, no, I mean, I've got kids whose numbers at school are exploding, Yeah, you know, and they're like, what, what's going on? Well, it's like, man, we're putting your body in a position where it's working for you, not against you. Like, we're getting back to the laws of nature because nature is going to win, you know, yeah. and putting you back to what you can do. And you're seeing – you know, yeah, you know, you're moving efficiently. And so even when you're, you know, squatting, for example, like, yeah, you're going to be able to recruit more because the body's actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, I, and I'm kind of bouncing around, but like that, you know, people may say I'm not a good interviewer, but it's not an interview. I think it's like a conversation. And it's like, yeah, that's as it, Chris like. and Mandy know, know me and, you know, Gary, you know me, like I'm ADD as I get, I'm all over the board. Mm-hmm. And so like, I kind of want, I want to veer back into like the, okay, we went inside ankle bone high, but like, let's go into a little bit more of the structure and you know the the 225 okay 225 yeah. in the bow you know and so you know for people who don't know the 225 you know is a big part of goat it has to do with the bow and the knee and gear i mean sh- shed some light on that for people
1: so so basically what the 22.5 is is from the midline there is a if you look at the chest in both kneecaps they, everything works off of a 45, so 22.5 is just from the midline. Is about it would be perfection, right? Like you want mm-hmm. the chest, the bow's gonna set up, the knees. The kneecap would set out 22.5 degrees from the midline, and then the chest would follow. Back legs in the same position too. So mm-hmm. then that that you just rotate all the way over to the other side, 45 degrees. But from the midline, that is the 22.5. So basically, you know, everything, you you know, it's like everybody wants a number for everything. So it's like here, just do it. It, it, Here's 22.5. If you can hit that perfectly every time, it's symmetrical on each side, then you're not going to have any problems in, um, you know, in in training. But you got to be – Straight foot inside ain't going high. Oh, it ain't a bow. And that's a right. big confusion that a lot of people have is, is I get videos all the time. People's like, man, look at this bow he's setting. I'm like, he's duck-footed. It's not. That foot has to yep. strike. In order for that foot to strike and land straight, that tailors has to be able to open. That has to be able to swivel open, which allows the knee. I mean, you get three degrees out of that area, 22.5 is easy because it gets
0: bigger as you go up. Right, you know? so you guys hear Gary talking. If those of you listening and wondering why I'm not telling you you have a good bow, it's because your freaking foot ain't doing what it's supposed to do. So it's not yeah. a bow. It's not the same thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Essentially, if you can't sit and say, so one of the things that we're doing right now, and you'll start to see it showing up, is is we've created the tips and reminders, and we've created like we we starting to dig into the education more and put more. Um, like I guess notes out there where on your on the coach's uh, website now that we have the Gota Institute, um, there'll be things in there like talking about the straight foot, and then we're gonna create. Ricky's got this system of like landmarks almost, or, or these these. If if you can't sit in Sazer, then you shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z until you can sit in Sazer, and that's one of the biggest problems with Gota is is everybody wants straight jumps straight into the landmine press. You know what I'm saying? Like go yeah, to look sexy. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it looks cool. Go into the you know start running cone drills and doing all of this stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't you can't even sit and say, dude?" You can't yeah. hold a wall sit for 40 seconds. Like like there's a beginning, and then you work your way up to that certain point. So, you know, trying to dial that in and getting better in our explanation of where you should be at, at a certain point, lined up with the exercises is what we're trying to do right now.
0: Mm -hmm. So we brought up the 22 five and the knee and like, okay, that's, that's perfection. And then you made a comment and you know, I, I, I just know like before I got involved in Gota, you know, one of my questions was always, okay, well, is it like this with everybody? And I feel like there's a yes and no answer to that. But once I started studying and learning, came down and worked with you guys, I, I've also learned that there are subtle variables and, and just variances in, in movement patterns with people. So, like, if you are, you know, a baseball player and, you know, how, how the bow and the corner inside ankle bone high apply in the swing versus that of a track runner. And, like, I feel like I know that's something I'd like to kind of clarify with folks is that the same laws apply but it's almost a level of okay it's it's close enough to a degree you know Mm -hmm. what i mean does that make sense Mm -hmm. gary like
1: yeah yeah well well this is this is i I could take a um let's take a baseball player let's let's take one one athlete right that plays baseball let's say he's a he's a shortstop and he's a defensive back i could take that kid and he says a voter or whatever, but he's a really good voter right he's a really good athlete, and he comes in because this has nothing to do with talent. this is purely to do with health and movement efficiency and things like that. It can make you better um, it's never going to make you worse it's going to free up your innate talents and all of that stuff your, your genetic talents, whatever um, if I take these this kid that plays both them positions right he's a shortstop and I could take him and do six months of training with him, and his hitting coach is going to come to me and tell me that his swing is way better, and his defensive back coach is going to tell me that his hips are way better. Because when you do the eval and I see inside ankle bone low with no bow, that shit is coming out in their swing – If they front chain dominant, it's coming out in the swing. It's coming out in the defensive back play because one thing that all of the hitting coaches want to do is they're trying to keep everything into the back chain and access the glute and the hamstring because it's the most powerful muscles on the body, and they can't because the movement behavior is front chain. When the kid travels through space – He's anterior chain dominant. He can stand up and have his butt back all he wants. But if he starts to take a step and his hips come forward without staying back, that is going to manifest itself in that game. So the behavioral side of GODA is, it is it is, is GODA. The behavior yes. is GODA. You know, you got to have uh, a bow as a behavior it's that ankle, the hip, with a straight foot open and setting, and then the knee can sit in there and bend.
2: So um, if, if we're to take that, so if we're to take this into the practical, I mean, as far as what someone's observing, they would be, let's say, inside ankle bone low, that foot's staying flat as they, you know, when they, a healthy position, inside ankle bone high, they would be pivoting, whereas inside ankle bone low, they would be kind of twisting, and their foot would be staying flat. Am I correct? Correct.
1: Well, let me let me just try to um, give you this v- visual again. If I strike the foot and then I'm going – this this guy's going forward, right, and he loads inside ankle bone high, the foot's going to strike, and then none of this is going to happen, and then the heel's going to move away. Right. So, so he's, inside he's, ankle bone would hide – it would be high in the landing and stay high through the leaving and then reset and then come back down. Inside ankle bone low, this same guy's trying to go forward – as his ankle's collapsing down and in, so now you're putting the knee at risk. The whole, all the muscles have a, have a way that they're supposed to behave, and you start to change that pattern. Now, if you take the Olympic lift and you, and you, you, you show the foot doing a clean or something, this happens every rep. So now you're giving the nervous system that at max neurodrive, drive, this isn't happening, this is happening. So that's how people become woda and it intensifies when they get into the weight room and things like that.
2: Yeah. You know who you would, uh, you know, yeah. who he would really like John is uh, George Benet. Um, they basically yeah. are uh, they're yeah, basically I, 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 teaching so. the same thing. They're using different terminology, mm-hmm. but they're teaching the exact same thing on the rotational movements, on the setup, uh, on the, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the exact same thing. It's, you know, I just, like I said, I had to put it in a picture in my own head. Uh, you know, so that, like I said, using different terminology, I had to had to, you know, basically uh, take what you were saying and try to put it into a practical example in my own mind. Visualize right. It. right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what that's what go is. GOTA is an observation based program. So it's not it's not based off a uh, force plate production or anything like that, because you everything that they're using right now. To, to, to in rehab and things like that to measure, like, um, and see if they're getting stronger or more efficient, it has no foundation, it has no, um, it has no blueprint. So, whatever makes that, that force plate reading go up, that's what we're doing. So, in most cases, and 99%, I'd say 99% of them is when they're u- using some kind of reading or output reading like that, um, they're basically creating more water because they're taking the pattern that this guy's got because he's already hurt and they're yep. trying to – it's like the Odell thing. I just had a, a picture, a video of him sent to me the other day squatting and he's all on one side, the ankle and the knee's collapsing in on the right side and he just had two left knee ACL repairs in the last three years or whatever. So when when you see that, now the compensation pattern's built and he's in there squatting with the best in the world right yeah. these guys yeah. are supposed to be the best in you the world reinforce the same hard. movement
0: pattern yeah you're yeah. reinforcing the same one of movement pattern. so like no strength is not going to overpower that you know and that's uh, yeah that's that's something i have to keep reinforcing with with people is you know like you're getting stronger in that squat is not going to impact in a positive manner your movement i don't care how much you squat it doesn't work that way, and, and you've got to be able to move efficiently. And, and Gary, I've gone on record. I think I, I may have told you that, that, but like, I'm a firm believer that I think this movement, and this is what, thats what I believe—Goda is like. This is a movement, and like, mm-hmm. I, I'm on a mission now. And it's like, I firmly believe in 10, 15 years, there's a good chance that we're weightlifting in its thought process right now. Probably won't even be as prevalent as it is right now because people are understanding the value of look, you want to be a better athlete, you got to move the right way. You want to be a better golfer, you know, a better baseball player, you got to move the right way. Your strength doesn't necessarily influence that, and a lot of times it'll actually make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you're reinforcing poor movement patterns if you got them, you know, which yeah. obviously most people do. Most people are going to be front chain dominant, moving like a Woda. Um, but like with that, so. What, what is your thought on how weight training or I guess just do you still feel like there's a benefit to you know certain athletes like let's say an offensive lineman right who's going to be absorbing you know, you know 250 plus pounds every play do you still feel like there's benefit in having that particular athlete's joint receptors feel that type of load you know does that, does that make sense um, like in the weight yeah. room yeah, I mean the the
1: thing is, is let's let's just look at it like this for what weightlifting is is it's all built around a one rep max, and it's typically like uh, four, six, eight, ten, and twelve reps, right? Where a football game is sixty minutes. So the way that we build in strength inside of these guys is is we may do like, you know, everything's still failure. So it's time under tension, right? We develop in strength yep. that way. Um you you the way that you eat can dictate a lot of the way that you gain weight and take weight off and things like that. If you get a kid that's, you know, sixteen years old, he's he's six three, and he's two hundred and twenty five pound offensive lineman and the first thing that everybody's going to tell him is, is, man, listen, you get the 325, it's going to be great. So the first thing he does is he goes and starts pounding away on the weights and he starts pounding away on the food and protein shakes as you drink and things like that. I, that's water, bro. That's water. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it just came up right whenever I said it. But, um, yeah, um, it was like you planned it. But the <laughs> nutrition side of it is going to be big on a weight gain. But what's going to happen to that kid is because he's going to immerse himself into the weight room, he's going to take on the shape of the lift. So if he's in there wide base squatting and the, and the knees are collapsing, that becomes his movement behavior. Whereas we – and then he ends up like – I mean, they all wear knee braces for one. Not just yeah. – <laughs> the only reason ain't because they in the trenches. There's a reason that uh, they, they all hurt like they're hurting you know you look at the 60 mm-hmm. year old offensive lineman now the guy that's 60 years old that played all-line in the league he has knee replacements and stuff yep. it was almost like hey man that's just part of the process but getting them to to you know you can intensify these lifts. you can put a thousand pounds on a sled and pull it as long as you can pull it go to you can push it as long you can handy press as much weight as you want so there's ways to do it that don't necessarily take throwing a bar on the back what we believe is happening or should happen and i think it is happening to an extent is if you want a power lift go be a power lifter if you want yes. an olympic lift then it's a sport you olympic it's a, lift
0: if yes, you a cross yes
1: yeah it's mm-hmm. if you if it's a if you a CrossFitter and you have to do these things then cool however There needs to be a thing that if you do CrossFit, you're highly likely going to have an injury. Not too many CrossFit people have no injuries. I know that there's – and I'm not saying don't do it if that's what you love. Breaking (laughs) news. Yeah, right. But I'm saying be under the mindset that, hey, there, there most likely will be some type of injury along the way. Dude, the CrossFit thing is genius in the sense that you're competing against yourself. So when you take somebody that non-athletic, maybe was a nerd, and I'm not saying they all law because they got some badass dudes. I don't want to get my ass kicked. Off. But yeah, I'll say it, someone it, can yeah. take me down. Yeah, 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 yeah right. I'm, well, eventually somebody's gonna walk through these doors and beat the shit out of me. I know it's coming. Like I just, I'm ready for it. I told my wife I'm gonna come home beat up one day. It just is what it is. But um, hopefully, I can save their knee after, because you know how you become <laughs> friends after. Like, yeah. but anyway. Um, no, that it's it's like the concept of certain, some of these things are hey man I know I'm going to be in pain I know I'm going to get hurt but the 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 feeling that I'm going to get or what it's going to give me internally maybe not worth it you know they may and now when they 60 they may say I wish I wouldn't have done that but you know it's where mm-hmm. we at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I know I know where my timer's going off here. Um so I know we're, we're going to have to in this in a second um i don't know chris i mean like chris you're, you're kind of the general audience yeah. in this one like to a degree like
2: <clears throat> well i had to get a
0: does that help clarify it, some it things? does
2: and again i mean i'm having to put just like i said a minute ago i had to come up with my own picture well the picture i had was of a particular exercise that we do using a you know you mentioned a landmine and a uh a hammer what we call a hammer and uh And kind of that was the picture I had in my head of that inside ankle bone high. Again, I, you know, I have to have a a frame of reference. So that's what gave me the frame of reference. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. and And you talk about that picture. And I think that's, that's another important thought we should, we could probably end on is, you know, Gary, you and I were talking about this. I think me and Ricky were talking about it down there, but like, go to the source, like, you see, like this social media trend of people trying to like go everything. everything. Mm-hmm. It's like when you when you don't really understand the details of what's actually going on in there. A, you'll develop bad you know bad habits. But it's not you know it's not exactly what what go to truly is. You know, like we talked right. about the bow. Like you <clears throat> gotta have the right foot placement inside angle bone high to actually be having a bow. You know, so like for those of you, you know, who see go to stuff on social media and bring it you know to us, like go look to the source, you know, go look to, yeah. you know, to Gary's page, look at our page, you know, Ricky's page, like, you know, um, yeah. yeah I mean, you got the right way.
1: And one thing, John, and you know, from being in there is, you know, just for your audience or whatever, if you looking for a coach and I'm hoping that most of the people that your audience do come to you, but if they may not be here, or they somewhere else or whatever, or it might be a kid that's off at college somewhere else, a couple of things, if you're dealing with a go-to coach, they need to have the to go-to app. So, you know, because, you know, especially when you're learning in the beginning, like these exercises, they need to hear them cues constantly, right? Yeah. So, them having that app and being able to – so, if they – got to have the go-to app. That coach should be in the institute. And then if that coach sends you away with some type of performance type thing, that coach should be giving you Recode 225, which – the coach, it's important for the coaches to push it too because y'all make money off of that stuff. So there's, there's the way that we've set the business model up now and since me and Ricky had taken over is, is that the coach has all the resources and the opportunity to have some kind of financial gain inside of the the knowledge to know that they send sending their athlete away with the proper tools and the resources for the athlete to have to stay, go to, or, or keep moving themselves toward it. Because, you know, one thing, John, and I'm not just saying it because I'm on your show but because I've been dealing with Luke is – is you have a genuine genuine care and concern for your athletes. Like, there's above and beyond, right? Whereas a lot of these guys, they they just, man, it, they more like trying to attach themselves to the athlete and put their name out there. And, and you know, I was looking at one of the uh, trainers today, and I'm not going to get into names and stuff like that, but it was a field work guy and stuff, and he's got, like, Everybody he deals with's done been on the injury report already, and we're halfway through the season. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like all of this this footwork stuff and doing all of this. And he's got his own system. And there's no homage to what nature created. And like you said earlier in the show, nature's always gonna win. So yep. you can either listen. The, the parents in this area, they they tell the other parents, you gotta go see Gary, and you gotta see me. If you don't come and see me at some point, you don't have a high school, pro, and college career. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to come here and get this education. And then, at that point, now you make up if, if you want to go train and, and get fire emojis or if you want to go train and stay safe all the time. Because yep. this ain't the fire emoji spot. It's, it's wow. not that. It's, it's the, we're going to take care of your body, we're going to give you the necessities, and all of that other shiny shit, it's like they, all that glitters ain't gold it's not good for you you know yeah
0: yeah, yeah. no man I, I mean we're we're on the same page and I, you know, we have a lot of coaches that listen to the show too and you know I, I i encourage you to really dig into to go to i mean you know it's it's made a tremendous impact in our you know at ELP. and like, we haven't – we just – we've just gotten started. Like, yeah. this is going to – we're just – this is just the beginning. So, I definitely encourage coaches to check it out. Um, hey, Gary, where uh, where can people uh, reach you? What are your social media handles and website? Where can they find you? Go to movement.com is the website. Um,
1: the do-it-yourself website is the RICO 225. But, like I said, anybody should be going through you for that. Um, uh, the GLS underscore training – is Instagram, and then uh, Ricky's got a lot of content on his, too. It's Red Pill Rick on, on uh, Instagram. Which is the best
0: Instagram <laughs> handle ever. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of <laughs> just fits him. Like,
1: Listen, we joke around all the time. Like, five, 504-223-4355 is the number, and it's been on every shirt we've made except for the last batch that you probably uh-huh. bought some of. But um, we, it's a guarantee that if you call that number, you're going to get red pilled. Like if you <laughs> didn't believe in go to before I tell people all the time, people start to say stuff on social media. I'm like, Hey man, here's my phone number, the address. If you're in the area, come in here. When you walk out, when you get off the phone with us, you're going to feel differently about what you just commented on.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cool. Cool. Well, Gary, man, I appreciate uh, Appreciate you coming on and joining us. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do this again. And, uh, you know, the final thing is, you know, guys, Gary gave you all his info. And, and remember, like, we tell everybody this. We, we don't charge for any of this. We don't we don't get, you know, anything from this. Like, we're not making money off this. Our, our whole mission is to just get the information out there to help improve our community. Like, that's what we're passionate about. And so there is a fee for the show, guys. You can either send me and Gary. You know, you can Venmo us, you know, 100 bucks apiece. <laughs> or you can just share the show. Like, just bring us somebody to the show, right? You know, whether it's another coach, whether it's a family member, just bring somebody to the show so they can learn about Gary, so they can learn about other guests we bring on and just and, and grow and evolve because that's what it's all about so we can improve our communities. Um, and that's the name of the game. We just want to see the kids win. So um, share the show, guys. Um, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Gary, thanks so much for coming on, man. We're going to do yeah, this thank again you. pretty thank soon you so for much. sure. A lot
2: of good information.
0: Yeah, appreciate you yeah, all. So we're going to do it again. All right. Well, that's the show, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will talk to you guys soon.